0: already did that intro before didn't i yeah <laughs> okay i sorry folks i'm i'm trying not to be original now apparently uh <laughs> the truth is i really just have nothing uh yeah
1: yeah you're all out yeah you're i'm a all out like, of ideas
0: it's been an incredibly just eventful week for nothing happening <laughs> like it's weird <laughs> Like looking back on this week, it's like nothing happened, but yet for some reason I feel like everything happened all at once.
1: Like Surf Pro, like it never even happened.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Surf Pro
1: is our new sponsor at Accelerative Thrust.
0: Now, what is what is (laughs) Surf Pro? Am I supposed to? I'm glad you asked. Okay.
1: (laughs) This is the commercial.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So advertise it
1: when your house burns down, or catches on fire, or floods, or stinks from your stinky pets or friends Uh, (laughs) will come in and, and clean it and make it uh, better. And, and that's what they do.
0: So if there's like a tragedy or something, they come and help that. Yeah.
1: They come and mostly hide bodies.
0: Oh, um, okay.
1: And help clean up blood, things like that.
0: Uh, Do they get spirits out of, out of, uh, possessed people? As
1: far as I can tell, they, I mean, it, their slogan is like it never even happened. So it, <laughs> uh, it has to apply to every scenario you could imagine, I would guess.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, so, this sounds beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's
1: a great company. I'm glorious glad that, people. Uh, they're supporting our show now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's great. Um, yeah so you guys heard it first see now when you said surf pro i thought i thought it was a surfing company
1: oh surf pro no that's different
0: oh okay all right yeah uh but you know what we should also get sponsorship from like a surfing company too while we're oh sure yeah so well like a company that does tragedies and a company that specializes in surfing
1: yeah so uh any any mr zog's surf wax
0: (laughs) sex wax
1: is what it's called
0: dude is yeah now is that a real thing or are you just making it up because if that's a real thing it's true yeah. okay it is true all mm-hmm. right <laughs> uh like i've never heard of that but that's that's amazing so we gotta okay <laughs> yeah. forget everything Zog's
1: else sex wax and serve bro Sex wax new and sponsors.
0: Surf, sex wax. Okay, so it's Sex Wax. Six not wax. surf. I thought it was surf wax.
1: Well, it is. They just call it that cuz Okay, surf you know, and Sex cool. Wax.
0: So basically, we're going to get we're going to get sponsored by a lot of things. <laughs> we're on it. This is actually like yep. what our number one goal in life is now, Eric. Yeah. We're going to try and get sponsorships for this podcast from mm-hmm. everything. Uh but okay, so going back to the whole um <laughs> uh spirits leaving bodies and yes. or spirits going into bodies yeah uh so i've been watching a lot of john carpenter this week <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i bet you didn't know that
1: what <laughs> what is the transition what what john carpenter uh spirits in bodies movie did you watch
0: well okay so uh these are this is the list of movies i'll list off the oh, movies so snap. far because okay. i've I've watched a bunch of them. I was trying... There was, now, there are John Carpenter movies that I, of course, have seen. Like, I've seen They mm. Live,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is a classic. Yeah. Um, both Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. I've seen at some point. Yeah, um, And uh, Halloween, of course. You know, okay. like yeah. pretty much all the Halloween movies I've seen okay. at one point in my life. Pretty much everything else I haven't seen. So, the ones that I... And this is kind of a, maybe a shocker to some people, but also I wasn't really, uh, I gather from talking to you, Eric, about horror Mm -hmm. movies. I wasn't as big into horror movies growing up, Um, Mm. but I like horror movies a lot. Like I've always liked Mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, Creepshow, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, The Thing, I've never seen The Thing before. Oh
1: God. Did you watch it?
0: I did. That was um, one of the first ones I watched. What um, an
1: amazing film. Uh,
0: absolutely fantastic. And then I it, realized,
1: yeah.
0: oh, I'm sorry. No,
1: no I'm, not at all. Go ahead.
0: Okay. I was going to say, I realized more and more that I actually really liked uh, Kurt Russell as an actor in the eighties. Yeah. Like he was just, I don't know. There was something, cause one yeah, of my favorite cool. movies from the eighties is Tango and Cash.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: which I don't know if you remember that one. It's one of those action top movies. Yeah, I'm sure
1: I saw it, but I don't remember much about it. A
0: lot of outdated references. Uh, But anyway, so you were going to say something about The Thing, and something tells me you know more about it than I do.
1: No, I don't know much more about it. It was a remake um, of the... I think the original was just called The Thing from Another Planet or something like that. Same general idea, but without really uh, as much of an emphasis on... um, Showing the monster, which the thing is one of the few movies out there that has the setup of like a classic horror movie. But they show you the the monster as well. And what a monster it is like it is. I think the thing is personally one of my favorite practical effects movies of all time. There are things in that where you seriously can't figure out how they did it. And it's so fast and so convincing. Not There's not one second in that movie that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm watching a movie. Like, you're just there. And everything they show you, you believe. And it's uh, the effects are just, just outrageous. They're mind-blowing. So, yeah, I love the thing so much.
0: Yeah, and I was immediately just, like, transported to when we were having, like, negative 20 below weather. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, because that's what it felt like just watching it.
1: Oh yeah, it's crazy. yeah, and it's it's a good movie as well as being an effects masterpiece. Like sure, it, it has that same general like uh, McCarthyism sort of um, like there's a Twilight Zone episode called "The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street," which follows the same idea that like your neighbors or your friends or the people you're with are now possibly something else, and you don't know. Who is and who isn't, and no one trusts each other. Um, it follows that same sort of uh idea story. So, um, yeah, I always find that interesting too because you know, we all should be really nervous around um, other humans. I mean, just to be safe, right? Yeah,
0: no, it absolutely <laughs> it, it does, it does touch on. I wasn't thinking about it when I was watching it, but yeah, it really does touch on you know, like the whole idea that, like, you know, like you your best friend
2: mm-hmm. could
0: one day become, you know, your enemy. Like I hate, you know, I can't think of a better way to like, or, or at least you're going to be like fighting for the same thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and that is like you said, safety, right. You know, cause this thing, you know, it invades the, the science laboratory that they're all sort of in. And that doctor goes crazy. My favorite scene was, uh, when they, um, when Kurt Russell forces them all to take blood samples. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, we're going to find out who the thing is. Cause they all think that he's the thing. Right. And, um, when he drops the blood into that one characters, or he, or he, he does puts the, the hot metal. Yeah. He the puts blood. the hot metal. And oh, then God. that's the one that it ends up being the thing. Oh my God. That was, it's like, amazing. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's, like it's,
1: if you don't jump, when that happens, you're dead. Yeah, I mean, that's there's one, no way around
0: it. So. Exactly. That's like I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't a lot of those like parts of horror movies, I don't jump. I don't you know, I, I don't really do a lot of like, oh my God, you know what I mean?" Right. But that part I did because I wasn't expecting it. And even though it seems like, when you think about it, it seems like the most obvious thing to happen during that, it's mm-hmm. still somehow. Uh, they made it like almost impossible to predict at that moment.
1: Yeah. It's a great movie for building tension. That's what it relies on. And a lot of movies work that way, but this one sets up a ton of tension and then delivers exactly what you're terrified of. And that's uh, pretty cool, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: What other ones did you watch?
0: Okay. So I watched in the mouth of madness.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: That was a great one. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I also watched um, one, of, probably perhaps my favorite one, actually. Hmm. I mean, it was between either The Thing or this um, was uh, Prince of Darkness.
1: Yeah, Prince of Darkness is I love good. that yeah.
0: movie. I like, and, and I've never seen it. So yeah. I can now say that I love that movie. Like, I
1: haven't seen it in a long time. I need to revisit that one, too. It's so. fantastic. Um,
0: yeah. Is that and, the
1: cult in the basement?
0: uh it's thing? the one where it's the one where, no well no that's a different no movie. that's a different that's one. lord I, of
1: lord of illusion
0: okay i always now, get them mixed up this that's one was about um like there's this college professor that brings like some of his students to like a church because they're trying to investigate like this uh i don't know there's like some spirit or something that is and like there, there's a bunch of these like like Alice Cooper is in it.
1: Oh, so okay, it is the one where there's like a church. Yeah, there's, there's like a church, like a a slime demon or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, no, I totally it, no, don't remember. It's, it's not a it's not a slime demon. <laughs> it's more like a slime demon. Uh, <laughs> do you um do you like do you seriously remember it though? I d-
1: I guess I don't. I thought it had something to do with slime in a church basement, but I guess not.
0: Well, it's <laughs> they're like like they're like zombies. Like oh. Alice Cooper is like this homeless zombie that's possessed by this like spirit type thing, and then no. the, it ends up being like they so end just up like actually, real life. Yeah, just like real life. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it ends up they end up basically. I'm horrible at like explaining like movies hmm. after I see hmm. them, so I could be like you know fucking some stuff up, but like. <laughs> Um, it basically like, I don't want to really say too much more because anytime I do that, I get yelled at for like spoiling shit. So oh wow! like if you, cause I always do, I always like the way that I always explain things is I always like say like what happened at the end, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I and see. then it's <laughs> like, well now I don't want to watch the movie, Dan. Yeah. And then the <laughs> giant
1: <know>? ship sank. <laughs> That's- but, the only thing you need to know, Spoiler. Eric, yes.
0: and I would recommend, do you have like Amazon Prime or anything mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Um, do you ever rent movies from uh-huh. Amazon Prime? Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm sure this is on Amazon Prime, uh, Prince of Darkness. And nice. uh, the only thing that I really know about it <laughs> is that it's got Alice Cooper in it. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, that's. It also looks like Donald Pleasance is in it, too.
0: Donald Pleasance. (laughs) Basically, the same dudes from the other movie that I watched, Mm. Big Trouble Mm. in Little China.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: Yeah, which is, I've seen, I've actually seen that one, but I hadn't seen it since probably I was a kid, and uh, it's probably between that or They Live or Escape from New York, that's probably Mm. my favorite John Carpenter movie. Yeah. Like, those are my three like favorite ones. Probably it's
1: really a fun movie, The Big Trouble. Uh, Fantastic, yeah. And
0: that that is like the epitome of like the Kurt Russell character in the eighties too. Like, you know, I feel like the Tango in Cash. He had like this weird like sort of every movie he was in was this like weird sort of macho hilarious guy. You know, yeah. Like, and he was always doing something like driving a truck. Oh, yeah. Or something. You know what I mean? Like it's like Wolverine and the X-Men, you know, like uh,
1: now in Big Trouble. Is there a scene where uh, uh, a cow, a dead cow walks out of a freezer? Is that the right movie?
0: I don't recall <laughs> it, but it's very possible. Oh, OK. Because I did get up. A few times, like you know, and kept the movie going, and didn't think to pause it. So oh, maybe it maybe I was thinking of, of a
1: different movie. I'm trying to think. <laughs> They're all the same to me. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, honestly, like, but I mean, in any situation, I enjoyed every every single one of these movies. Um, so actually, I actually,
1: I believe that might have been Dead Heat. I'm sorry, with Joe Pisco. Okay, so, Dead Heat. Yeah, which my I haven't fault. seen.
0: No, that's that's all right. Um, but okay, so I still have "They Live" to revisit, which I've seen that movie several times. I mm-hmm. love that movie, and then um, then I also uh, what's the other one? "Village of the Damned," I
1: think. Oh,
0: or I is don't, that I don't is think that I've a John Carpenter that.
1: movie? I don't know.
0: Okay, uh, hmm. I think it's called "Village of the Damned," uh, and then um, then I'm going to move on because mm. I actually the reason why I'm watching all this stuff. Is because they actually have it, believe it or not, all at the Mus- Musser Public Library.
1: Oh, okay. So cool. I don't have
0: to pay for it on Amazon Prime. They nice. also have the new Twin Peaks, which you've recommended to me. Mm, Yes. On D on DVD, so I was like, Cool, Whoa. cool. I don't have to like you know, get Showtime. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to get Showtime, and they also have the new Watchmen series, which I've been wanting to see. Cool. So
1: wow, you're all set I've- up.
0: I've got a lot of stuff to watch, and then I also they also had Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me too. Nice. So I was like, you know what? I haven't seen that forever. So uh, I,
1: honestly, I think that that might be my that might still be my favorite installment of the Twin Peaks series. Is Fire it Walk is, with me? It is
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah, it just kind of it just uh, checks all the boxes kind of for me. So yeah.
0: Now, I had heard that that was actually technically supposed to be the pilot, wasn't it? Hmm.
1: I don't know. I, I, it's a prequel to the whole series.
0: Okay. But I don't I know had,
1: about the pilot.
0: I had heard that... I don't know. Fire, Fire Walk With Me was supposed to be the pilot. Hmm. And then, I think from what I understand, the network thought it was too weird or something. Hmm. Or... And then they... And so... David Lynch and, uh, whoever he was working with at the time had to like rewrite a pilot to make it more suitable for like network TV as suitable as David Lynch is going to make something.
1: Yeah. And Mark Mark (laughs) Frost is the other writer. Yeah. Um, Mark Frost. I don't, yeah, I guess I don't know. I know that the pilot was a little goofy. They put stuff at the end of the pilot. Um, uh, I don't think it aired here, but the original pilot that aired overseas had like Bob killer, Bob and stuff in it. And like all these giveaway things. And so um, I think that's been a point of weirdness for a long time, the pilot itself versus when the series actually starts and stuff. So, yeah, but, it's almost like you yeah. don't
0: need to really watch the pilot. No, like, cause I, I don't remember- even think
1: it was packed. I don't even think it aired here. I don't know that for sure, but
0: I I think it did, but I do know that the original DVD um, box set didn't even have it.
1: Right. Yeah. The pilot was a separate thing you could buy back in the day.
0: So, yeah, it definitely yeah. was a mind fuck for sure. Yeah. Like. But you
1: <laughs> will, I think you'll like the return. Uh, it's, I don't know. We should just talk about it after you've watched it. How's okay. That sound? okay. That would
0: be awesome. Have you watched the Watchmen series? No, I haven't.
1: No. OK, uh-uh.
0: um, so I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm excited about that.
1: One. Nice. I've heard good things, too. I just um, sometimes it's hard to get into something that has a lot of episodes and stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's daunting. I think like so. I
0: I'm, I'll be honest, I really hope I actually get through the Twin Peaks. <laughs> well, just
1: <laughs> imagine you're watching 18, uh, 18 little David Lynch movies. That's, <laughs> yeah
0: that's,
1: that's it's it's 18 hours of Twin Peaks so
0: because you do have to be ready <laughs> I absolutely know. well I've made it through 30 with the uh first series so yeah so <laughs> and uh I enjoyed every second yeah. of it especially that song we talked about oh man it's the best yeah um
1: mm, I love but, that song <laughs> anyway yeah
0: yeah definitely speaking of songs
1: yeah should we talk about some music
0: Yeah, we listened to a lot of songs this week, didn't we? For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you want to go first this week, Eric? Uh,
1: Sure. I'll start with um, a project called Div Tech. Um, My bandmate and friend, Dolly, um, told me about it, and I liked it. It was unlike anything that I've heard I mean, specifically, like anything I've ever heard. So, thought I should talk about it. Uh, Div Tech. The release is called Stasis Confines Action Conditions. Came out in 2016. I don't know anything about this artist. I know that Dolly also told me about a group called Decide Today, which uh, was sort of similar, and they are label mates with Div Tech and have done some splits with them. Uh, But otherwise, I seriously don't know anything about DivTech at all. Who they are, where they're from, anything. So, uh, and I tried to find that information, but didn't. Um, So anyway, DivTech is basically hardcore. Um, It's like hardcore vocals, like maybe like Converge or Norma Jean. or Maybe it's because I'm more familiar with Modern Life is War. Um, but I, I hear a similar vocal style there um, mm-hmm. musically it moves around like hardcore um, to an extent um, there are guitars and drums but really what makes this interesting is that it's basically constructed uh, like industrial or um, electronic music um, a lot of like Alec Empire uh Kid Six O Six, Ministry, um, maybe even Venetian Snares or Aphex Twin to a certain extent as far as the some of the things that happen. But it's very noisy, very glitchy. A lot like, you know, digital hardcore like Alec Empire stuff. Um and yeah, so it starts out and it seems pretty obvious what's happening with the first couple tracks. It's like, okay, this is pretty much um hardcore music made electronically with hardcore vocals. But then as it goes on it, it um it kinda changes and not really necessarily slowly. It doesn't like evolve over time necessarily. It's more that just like these um longer bits of noise and sound start to happen in between the screaming and the sort of hardcore music. And until eventually about halfway through the record it kind of just turns into industrial glitch music and kind of finishes out almost um i don't know i don't want to say ambient because it is definitely not it is noisy but it it, it loses all of its song structure and sort of does just turn into noise so um i really enjoyed it and uh I would say that without that electronic sort of construction element of it, this would be way too past uh, the aggro level on my dial. Um, I don't really listen to that kind of stuff. It's, it's just like um, not really my thing. But the fact that it's it was like industrial and constructed like ele- uh, electronic and industrial, it made all the difference for me. So... Um, I ended up really liking it, and if I ever needed to get wound up and uh, revved up about something, I, w- I, I would think about putting this on. So, yeah, what would you think, Dan?
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, there really isn't much that I can add to everything that you said, Eric, because you're pretty much right on the money with how I uh, would describe it. it mm-hmm. I heard elements, definitely, like you mentioned, Alec Empire, Digital Hardcore. Um, the music, uh, especially the, like the first half of the album, I would say really reminded me of like Atari Teenage Riot musically, Mm -hmm. but like you said, and this was actually one of the specific things that stood out to me compared to the rest of the digital hardcore is the vocals sounded more traditional hardcore Mm -hmm. than, than like say an Alec empire or an Atari Teenage Riot. Like. 'Cause Alec Empire Atari Teenage Riot is more of a shouting thing sort mm-hmm. of. Whereas this is like a dude who um well I I, I think it's a dude yeah, I who don't is know, so. who's doing screaming. Um and it sounds like uh there's maybe like a level of uh, you know, like like train screaming. You know what sure. I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it sounds like this is a guy who maybe screamed for metal bands right. before or something like that. And definitely modern life is war and converge were the mm-hmm. first two bands that I thought of, or even, even like Dillinger escape sure, plan
1: totally. or something
0: like that. Yep. You know, um, there was even elements of Mike Patton that I heard, but I also heard, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, later on, you know, I, I started to hear, you know, elements of like, you know, some ministry or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, some industrial and some like, you know, breakbeat stuff mm-hmm. and, things like that. And it it was just a really great, angry, dark sounding record. Um, I think it was exactly what it, what it set out to be, which is yeah, basically like just a really good digital hardcore record with metal vocals. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's kind of what made it stand out from the rest of the bands that usually do this style of music for me is that, you know, the uh, it, it had more of, more metal vocals than mm-hmm. what you normally hear in this kind of music for so, sure yeah
1: it's and great one thing that i also would add is that even though this is electronic music their entire aesthetic and their label mates and label aesthetic is um like crass style uh anarcho crust kind of thing and so I think that that is also, I mean, I know aesthetics shouldn't make that much of a difference on how you perceive music, but it does. And so I think that um, if I had to guess, this isn't, this isn't music that gets played at clubs. This is music that takes place at hardcore shows. And so um, I think that's also pretty cool that uh, they would get up there and, um, and do this stuff at, you know, like a hardcore show, I think they would be met with some resistance. And I think that's really cool. So yeah, sorry sure. to, sorry to interrupt you, but
0: no, absolutely. And I definitely can hear and see the compare. You, you mentioned crass. I could definitely mm-hmm. see that sort of old school, like punk rock sort of vibe, Yeah. you know, also kind of melding with like digital hardcore type stuff. Right. So yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, cool. I really like this this pick, Eric. Nice. For sure. Um, okay, so uh, that's uh, moving on to me, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, okay, so I think the first one, hmm which one do I want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I think I'm going to go with Baron Zen. I mm-hmm. think that's the one that I'm going to talk about first. So Baron Zen is an artist that... Um, I learned about watching the documentary on Stone's Throw Records called uh, Our Vinyl Ways a Ton, which I think I've mentioned Hmm. um, on this podcast before. A record label that's owned by Chris Manick, who goes by the name Peanut Butter Wolf. Hmm. And um, he's big in the underground sort of hip hop scene. And uh, anyway, he um, is he was. I guess growing up, he was the neighbor of the guy who's behind Baron Zen Mm -hmm. who goes by the name sweet Steve. Mm. And he is, I guess now a grammar teacher Mm. mentioned that in the, um, it mentioned that in the uh, documentary. So a little bit of uh, useless information there, but anyway, uh, this album is called at the mall. And I think it was released around 2006 and it's, really low fi and the reason why that is, is i guess that um it was recorded in his bedroom in like the nineties or something and after jay Dilla uh passed away who was kind of a um mainstay on the uh stone's throw label uh they kind of uh stone's throw i guess peanut butter wolf was kind of at a loss of what what direction he wanted to uh take the label and so he asked his old childhood friend Steve to uh, if he could just put out this tape that he made, this weird tape he made in the 90s and this came out on like, essentially Stone's Throw was pretty much a hip hop label at the time so a lot of people were just kind of like, what the fuck Yeah, (laughs) you know, like because it totally didn't make sense when you put it in the context of what Stone's Throw was putting out at the time this is also the label that put out I think two years previously, put out the Mad Villain album. Wow. Um, yeah. So a lot of the like people on the label were just kind of confused. But mm-hmm. it also, when you actually like watch that documentary and you kind of go back and you, you do the research on Chris Manick and Peanut Butter Wolf and his musical history, it actually makes sense when you put it in that context. Hmm. Because that, I mean... Chris Manick is just a nut when it comes to like music. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was on an episode of what's in my bag. And I think he had like the, I think he walked out with like crates and crates full of records. Wow! And I mean, he just like, he's into everything. He used to play in like a new wave band that I think he described was supposed to be like joy division. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, then after that, he, ended up going into hip hop and DJing and stuff like that. But anyway, so this, uh, project Baron Zen with sweet Steve. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, basically 14 songs of just lo-fi goofiness. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, in my opinion, in sort of the best possible way, it, um, it has parts that remind me of, you know, something like ween or something like, Beck, like early Beck, but then there's also some like punk rock stuff, stuff that could resemble even like something like a new wave, like Joy Division or something like that. But generally the lyrics are just really stupid um, and uh, also kind of funny, like there's this song called Fucking Bored, where he's just like singing about being bored over and over again. The the one that cracks Mm -hmm. me up is when he it's called Night in Jail and he's like singing about spending the night in jail (laughs) Mm -hmm. and got to get rid of Rick. I mean, this is all just if you're into just like really goofy, like funny, lo fi type stuff, um, you know, Ween, Daniel Johnston outsider music, kind of. I wouldn't particularly call it experimental or avant garde or anything like that but definitely lo-fi and i would definitely say that it appeals to a certain type of listener and that listener just happens to be me because mm-hmm. i'm into that this kind of stuff now i i would also like to say i i i don't listen to this record all the time or anything mm. but sometimes i just want to um you know hear something that just doesn't take a lot of thought to get into and you can just tell that he um it basically just sounds like he was having fun on a four track in his bedroom with a drum machine and a guitar and, Oh, and he also does a really hilarious uh, cover of walking on sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. what do you think of this, Eric? Uh,
1: yeah, I, um, Hmm. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll say that, Um uh, it is very outsider ish. And honestly, if you like that, then you're going to love this. Like right, 100%. Uh, the things that I thought it sounded like that I had written down were Dead Milk Men, uh, vocally especially. Oh, yeah. That's um, that's a really good comparison. Ween slash Moist Boys, uh, maybe even leaning yep. harder towards Moist Boys. Uh, I could see that. Daniel Johnston, uh, Men's Recovery Project. I, I actually had Boris the Sprinkler on there too. Um, but mostly... It reminded me of two local artists. Well, sort of local. Um, The Bastard, who uh, used to live in Iowa City, uh, Dan Butler's.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I think he lives in Texas now. It really reminded me of The Bastard. Um, And if you want to check out The Bastard, that's B-A-S-S-T-U-R-D, like Bastard. Sure. And um, actually, there used to be this. Group from the Quad Cities. I literally do not remember how I got the tape. This was back in the '90s, uh, but they were called Bloody Nose, and it just straight up reminded me uh, exactly of that. Um, I don't know if anyone else even ever heard that band except Chuck. You know, you know Chuck, the worst person.
0: Oh um, yeah, Chuck. Yes, but he the really, really yeah. bad
1: dude. Yeah, he heard that too. But so all of those things, and if you like those things you're going to like this. It's very dumb and fun and poorly executed, but at the same time accomplishes exactly what it wants to do. And that counts for something, you know? Uh, I think that in my younger days, I would have really loved this. I would have quoted the shit out of it. I would have sang these songs walking down the hall in high school. So people would be like, what are you singing? And I'd be like, Baron's in, dude, you know, and like, <laughs> yeah, and like, I would have sang, "I love shoes," my the entirety of my high school career. So, I I don't think it's something I would listen to very often now, but it definitely have it has its place. And if you're into that stuff, awesome. And this may just have been me getting used to it, but it actually uh, seemed to get a little more coherent as it went on maybe that's not accurate maybe i just got used to it but at the very uh, first song i was like oh god what are we doing and then by the end i was like uh, you know that's this is pretty good i like this this is yeah. fun so um but yeah i i thought it was a lot of fun and definitely if you're if that's your thing that you need to know about this too so Absolutely. Yeah. well
0: one of the one of the, i guess one of the things that interested me more than anything about it is the fact that cause I totally agree with you. I think that I would probably like this even more if I was 18 years old, you know, right. 15 years mm-hmm. old or whatever, you know? And, uh, but that's, what's interesting about it is it, uh, allegedly was recorded when he was that age. Mm-hmm. And then his friend Chris manic, who happened to own this big hip hop label mm-hmm. decided, Oh, Hey, can I just put out this, weird thing you did like yeah. 15 years ago. And that's hilarious.
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like, wild.
0: um, I strongly recommend you, Eric mm-hmm. and our listeners. If any of you out there who have, hadn't seen it, uh, check out that documentary, our vinyl waste of time. It's a very, very cool. good documentary. Yeah. Um, I will. I, I think you would really enjoy it, Eric. Nice. Cool. Uh, and the part that specifically talks about Barons in, Mm-hmm. Is pretty funny. Nice. So, um, but yeah. Cool. All right. So, uh, what do you got? Eric? Yeah.
1: So my second choice was a record that came out in 2017, and I listened to it. Um, yeah, I listened to it when it came out a couple times, and then I sort of forgot about it. And then um, my wife and I were watching a show. Uh, I don't remember what it was. But um, it, the end credits, they used one of the songs off this and I was like, oh, shit, I remember that. I forgot all about it. So anyway, uh, the artist is Jane Weaver. The record's called Modern Cosmology. Um, I guess just from the jump, I have to say I I love this. This is like, honestly, with all sincerity and with trying to avoid my normal amount of hyperbole. Uh, I, I think everyone listening to this would enjoy at least some aspect of this record. And I don't, I'm not just saying that. Um, It's really cool. Her voice is really, really nice. Um, It's high. It's uh, sort of soft, wispy. Um, I, I, I thought of, a few people that I thought it sort of sounded like, um, Susie Sue, um, uh, Julie Cruz, uh, Debbie Harry at times. Um, but just a really nice voice with this sort of soft understated power to it. Um, overall the music I would say is pretty synth heavy. I would say her voice and the synths are sort of the anchors because, um, the songs themselves go a lot of places Um, a lot of different places Uh, it's very kraut rockish but it's very pop Um, I hear a lot of can, craft work but also Velvet Underground Um, a lot of 60s psych uh, garage stuff even a little bit, the sonics or things like that Um, there's a lot of influences here, jazz rock, garage rock um synth stuff uh, I don't think it ever goes fully into techno but um I would say also that listeners would not be wrong to think that there's a similarity between uh, Jane Weaver and say like broadcast or the knife or even chromatics which I've mentioned before on the show um but I think that's only circumstantial I think it's only because of the synth and the voice that it seems that way anyway uh, the songs are amazingly well-written songs. They're like legit good, even without all the production and synthesizers and, and interesting music happening. These songs would be great. Um, Yeah. I, all the playing on it is amazing too. The drums, the guitars, all cool tones, all really well done. Um, Yeah. I just, I think that if you haven't heard this, and you haven't picked a summer record for yourself yet, make this the record because it's a lot of fun. It has a nice feeling about it. I don't think it's uh, dark, which is odd for me not to choose something with at least some level of darkness. Um, but, yeah, the next time you're driving, try sometime this week. When it's nice out, roll the windows down and put this on. I think you really will enjoy it a lot. So, yeah, what do you think, Dan?
0: Man, I, I love this. This is uh, perhaps uh, up there with one of my favorite releases you've ever picked. Wow. Cool. Um, I freaking, I I honestly, I've listened to it three times, and I plan on listening to it possibly since we're talking about it after we get done recording nice. this again. <laughs> uh, because, um, man, it, there's so much going on. But then also, like like you said it's also like almost deceptively simple in that it's and it's not simple mm-hmm. like at all. Uh I think the songs it it would be very difficult to achieve this level of brilliance. Uh but like it you know like you said they're almost like pop songs, mm-hmm. you know, like or they in some cases they are. Um the first track uh which um H-A-K, mm-hmm. um, it starts off with just sort of this like droney synth kind of mm-hmm. with her singing over it. And it's like, that's kind of the impression that I got that the rest of the album was going to be like. Right. And then before you know it, it's like, it sounds like Berlin, like that song. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, Riding on the Metro, oh, the Metro or something. Yeah, Yeah, like sure. the Metro. Like yeah. it has like, it almost goes into like an eighties like mm-hmm. sort of new wave thing, but then there's also elements of like kind of almost yeah, like you said, psychedelic. I definitely heard the Krautrock influence mm-hmm. for sure. Like I hear a lot of like kind of can going on. And also like almost like a like like a touch of like something like ABBA or something, kinda of going I can on. You can hear that. Too. Like yeah. in a in a weird sort of way. I mean uh but it's it's just yeah it's it's fantastic from beginning to end i just think that this was a five out of five
1: yeah um nice
0: and it made me want to go back and uh check out the rest of the jane weaver stuff which i haven't right i haven't
1: either so yeah
0: i made a uh i made a list um on spotify like already like going back and i plan on checking out her entire discography um I hope it's as amazing as this. Too. I'm sure yeah. it probably will be. But in particular, I love the title track mm-hmm. and my favorite song, I think was probably slow motion. It's
1: beautiful, isn't it?
0: My gosh. Yeah. It's it, like, I
1: just, maybe the perfect pop song. Like,
0: yeah, it's absolutely. So good. And that's where I feel like the album kind of starts to change form mm-hmm. a little bit too. Like the first three tracks are kind of like, like the first track is almost experimental mm-hmm. in a way, you know? And, like, there's almost, like, no melody with the music, mm-hmm. but her voice makes the melody.
1: Yeah, for sure. If that makes
0: sense. Yeah. And then, and then like, um, and it's also very minimalist. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it almost, it's almost like a, like a puzzle. They keep adding pieces. Right. You know, like, sonically, yeah. musically. because even the second
1: so- song, Did You See Butterflies, that's the one that was on that TV show that I saw. And it's, it's a cool song. Like if the it voice really if the vocals were delivered over a vocoder, it could be a Black Moth Super Rainbow song.
0: Like Yeah. It's... It
1: moves. It's so psychedelic and so synthy. It oh it's amazing. Sorry to interrupt. I also
0: no, no, that's okay. I also really enjoyed the last two songs, Ravens Point, and I Oh wish... my
1: god, when Ravens Point I mean, hits, I'm not gonna oh, spoil man. this. But when that song comes on, you're gonna get chills when, yeah. when it starts. Like it is Uh, shocking a shocking moment on the album and uh, it's just gorgeous yeah
0: it's it's incredible man yeah this this right here man high five through the uh computer screen right here eric awesome (laughs) i mean this is this is fantastic so yeah i'm yeah jane weaver i mean even if this is the only good album which i seriously doubt (laughs) that's the case yeah seriously doubt but even if it is I'm a Jane Weaver fan yeah. just based on this album.
1: Yeah. It, it really <laughs> is something I, I I'm glad that, um, uh, that TV show, which I can't remember, decided to use it in the credits. <laughs> um, the Ninja Turtles. I think it was uh secret of the ooze. Yeah. Part two.
0: <laughs> Number two, <laughs> yeah. when they uh, were fighting each other with cold cuts. Yep.
1: That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That was it. Did you see? Thought I recognized it from, yeah.
0: thought I recognized it from somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well i think uh,
1: i think she co-produced um ninja rap with vanilla ice so
0: oh wow jane weaver so makes me that right there okay so when i said that i was a jane weaver fan based on the the fact that she made this album no, it's based on the fact that she co-wrote ninja rap it's based on
1: a lie that i made up about (laughs) the ninja turtles exactly it
0: (laughs) um and I don't know, Jane uh, Weaver, if you're listening to this, we're just joking.
1: I mean, who wouldn't know? want that credit, though? I mean, shit. Yeah, that's Ninja true. Rap. That's true. It's a great song. Ninja. Go, Ninja. Ninja.
0: Rap. Go, Ninja. I do really like that beat. Doot, doot, doot. It is it is
1: kind of a hot song, actually. No, like, it really yeah, is. I mean, actually,
0: right. I I might get a lot of flack for this, and this in no way represents... <laughs> the entire the opinion of the entire accelerator thrust through you might agree with me you might it might be a hard disagree mm. but i think vanilla ice was a good rapper now huh. ice ice baby man yeah I, there's a line in there mm-hmm. if rhyme was a drug i'd sell it by the gram mm-hmm. pretty good and i think before i think before that he said other DJs say damn damn
1: yeah i i don't i'm i this is gonna sound like a cop-out but i really i don't have an opinion i don't know i sure it's fine sure. it's fine rapping well i mean it's, you know.
0: i'm also uh, talking i'm talking from the perspective of like 10 year old dan too you know like because that was like yeah. to the extreme was one of the first cassettes i ever owned yeah uh i think uh probably that and uh I don't know, totally crossed out by Chris Cross nice. or something like that. Nice. And he's the DJ. on the rapper, which by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which, which
1: has one of the earliest uh, horror rap songs.
0: Yes, so, horrorcore. Uh, Nightmare on my street.
1: Yeah, it's a great, you, great beat.
0: Excellent beat. Yeah. And yes, I don't think there would be a Grave Diggers, an insane clown potsey, mm-hmm. and I'm not joking.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if any anyone that. had mixed. Well, uh, uh, what about, uh, uh, shoot, I was trying to think. Somebody else I thought had kind of scary stuff, the Ghetto Boys.
0: Yeah, Ghetto Boys But I guess that probably
1: came out after. I don't know, though, for sure.
0: Yeah, I would say they are more like, I guess, yeah, I, I don't remember when that first Ghetto Boys record came out. I don't know if it came out before that or not. I don't think so. I think... DJ Jazzy Jeff is probably the first. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I mean for real. <laughs> I, I also think it's, it's
1: awesome that they got a fake Freddie to do like a voiceover, right?
0: Yeah, that wasn't he come on that and say, great. "You've got the body, I've got the yep. brain." Yeah, oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that actually, that record is really awesome. Like DJ Jazzy Jeff. A lot of people don't realize that. I mean, they were like that existed in a time when like all rap music was there was like a unifying thing like public enemy went on tour with DJ Jazzy Jeff and like Eric B and rock him and the Beastie Boys, which don't forget that at that time, Beastie Boys were also opening up for Madonna. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy when you think about that, because like today, I don't think that that would happen. Like, I mean, it's completely different now, but if they're, you know, I don't know, like what's I mean, is there even really kid-friendly rap anymore? <laughs> like,
1: I have no idea. I don't, I yeah, don't I, know. <laughs> I
0: don't really know. I I would have said Little Nas X until he came out with those Satan shoes.
1: <laughs> yeah, those are cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then that completely like ruined his uh, kid-friendly image. Yeah, um, I love Satan.
1: I, I hope my mom's not <laughs> listening to this episode. But, man, well, I just love the devil. He's the best. It doesn't
0: matter because... <laughs> We just named the episode. I love the devil.
1: Well, yeah, cat's out of the bag now, I guess.
0: It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, see, I guess I'm lucky in that sense, and that my dad never uses the internet. So oh. he doesn't. I like, I tell him, hey, I'm going to be uh, in my room recording a podcast.
1: I thought you were going to say, I'm lucky because my dad is also a huge Satanist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't have well, to worry about that <laughs> i've wondered he does spend a lot of time in the basement so who knows
1: that's the checklist for parents is your child a satanist number one are they in the basement a lot
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like do you remember when there was a you yeah. i don't know um, you probably yeah because you would have still been in high school mm-hmm. i think do you remember when there was like a big gang problem in Muscatine?
1: Very much so, yes.
0: Okay, I remember like there were, every day there was like an article about signs that your your yeah. teenager could be a gangster. And I always wanted to write those articles and I wanted to describe like, al capone because you're getting a you gangster know? does he He's, drive a yeah.
1: 40s Buick? <laughs> he, is he, he wearing he... a
0: pork pork pie hat does
1: he have a pinstripe <laughs> suit and a tommy gun <laughs> does,
0: does he wear really nice shoes does he eat at italian restaurants <laughs>
1: God. Yeah. Your kid, so your now kid maybe, is definitely a gangster. <laughs>
0: your kid is a gangster. More specifically, a TV gangster. They're the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does your um, kid
1: say, see, a lot? <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> Does your kid not like the way, your kid doesn't like the way he's looking at yeah. you? Does he eyes. have a
1: cigar in his mouth like all the time?
0: Yeah, all the time. Does he drink yeah. sometimes? <laughs> Does he <laughs> hang out at
1: Speakeasies? How often
0: does he swear? Oh, they're so speakeasies. I love that term speakeasy yeah. man. That's a nice uh, one. That is that would be a great rap name too, speakeasy.
1: Oh. Well I mean that's you.
0: Well, no, that's not me. Mine is uh Dan the Ruler. Oh. Well damn. All right. <laughs> damn the ruler. Damn
1: the ruler. Yeah, Damn the like ruler! That. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's what's your rap name, Eric? Because oh, uh, we're a duo. Oh
1: shit! So it's got to old has got to sound good with Dan the ruler, right?
0: Yeah, Dan the ruler. I'll let you know, about, like Method Man uh, and Red Man.
1: E Dubs the drooler.
0: E Dubs <laughs> the <laughs> Dru Oh man, that sounds great. E-Dubes how about the uh, how uh, how about
1: Druid? force field <laughs> druid force field. sure you know like the that is like a force field that a druid um would have around themselves a magic mystical kind of force field i'm imagining uh kind of neon green colored
0: force field and that's going to be your costume you wear right yeah i'm just gonna have a, like a neon a robe, green force
1: field a, a black robe with a force field around it
0: they're gonna get up there and yell at people.
1: Yeah, and it's gonna—I'm gonna be a hologram. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be cool.
0: <laughs> the name of the album should be "Sorry, but Sorry Mama, but Your Son's a Gangster." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom, I love
1: Satan. <laughs> By Druid
0: Forcefield. Druid
1: Forcefield.
0: Druid Forcefield—that is—that <clears throat> is a wonderful name. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I just Druid
0: Forcefield. I just came up so, with Dan, it. <laughs> so Dan the Ruler and Druid Forcefield. <laughs> Uh, the Shit. name of the project should be. I'm into it. Druid, Druid, Ruler, Dr- Forcefield, Dr- Ruler, Druid, <laughs> there we go. Druid, yeah,
1: the Druid, so
0: I'm going to hold you to it, Eric. That's going to be the real project. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't, okay, rap. Well, I
1: mean, so that uh, kind of will probably suck.
0: Well, I, we could look and see if there's any classes.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, you rap know,
0: class. I would attend a rap class with you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: I think I'm going to skip rap class tonight. <laughs> just tired. I'm just imagine? tired.
0: They're like sending like a uh, sending a note to your wife and your wife's <laughs> like, "Why did you my skip wife. rap class, Eric?" <laughs> like you get you get my grounded. teacher's
1: get a hold of my wife. I love that.
0: Oh my go. god rap class and that could actually uh, be also the name of the album is rap class all right
1: and then i like and that then we'll just present it as a rap class
0: and the teacher's got to be like mc something or another you know like mm. you know like so we, we got to make a name for the teacher Damn. like mc well, mr kitchen let's or
1: let's do all this off the air so we can okay we can have a fully formed project ready to go
0: <laughs> so uh Guys, if you're interested in any bonus content, let us know, and uh, our first bonus content yeah. will be talking about rap class. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could,
1: you could. Um, bonus content is a half an hour of us just talking about Dan the Ruler and uh, Druid Forcefield.
0: Ruler, yeah, Druid Forcefield, Druid Forcefield. I like that. Okay, so speaking of rap, uh, speaking of rap, yes, uh, kind of, kind in, of. A, in a sort of way. uh, And in a a way, they kind of were studying rap, actually. Mm. Uh, The uh, second record that I picked uh, was from this group called the Bumblebees, which is. uh, Now, I'm reading off of Wikipedia, Mm. so it is an Australian indie band formed by Christopher Colonna and his sister, Pia Colonna, a.k.a. Queen Vila. Mm. Uh, So they're a brother and sister duo um, and. From what I remember from this group is when it when this album came out, it's called The Prince. Is I remember uh seeing like a one of those like MTV like discovery news bits where they were talking about like you know under the radar groups or something like that, and this is one of them. Hmm. And uh, what I seem to remember, um, and it's it's kind of hard to find a lot of info on this group. But, um, it was a brother and sister duo from Australia, and they recorded this album basically in their bedroom mm. and uh, when, when I was joking about how they were studying rap, there's actually a picture on the inside uh, physical copy of the CD that actually shows uh, the sister, uh, Queen Vila, and she's like looking at like a copy of the um I think it's called like the Book of Rhyme or something, or the Rhyming Dictionary. Mm, mm-hmm. So they actually made like a rhyming dictionary, <laughs> um, which was supposed to help rappers, I guess, or aspiring rappers. Mm. But yeah, I really like this album. It's very interesting. It's um, definitely heavily sample based. Um, I do think that it's kind of a record of its time, which it came out in, I think, like 2003 or something mm. like that, like early 2000s. But there's a lot of experimentation with like, I would call it basically like collage rock with a little bit of like cut and paste sort of hip hop. Uh, Queen Vila is the one that does most of the rapping. So it's like female rap. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's also a lot of kind of noisy guitars and just sort of cut and paste sampling production. Um, and uh, it's just a really interesting um interesting album to you know listen to i think um and i still think it kind of holds up you know pretty well today from when i first heard it parts of it kind of remind me a little bit of something like we talked about that record lynn by -hmm. lynn yo bum rush the show parts of it remind me of that but not it's definitely a a little bit more um sort of out there than the lynn record and also maybe a little bit more unfocused and i think a lot of that is kind of intentionally it just kind of sounds actually this almost sounds like the same concept as baron zen but in a much different way where it just sounds like people kind of having fun recording stuff Mm -hmm. in their bedroom this one maybe sounds like uh they're kind of you know just having fun with uh different like noises and things like that you know like the first track uh is basically just a Uh, repetition of a bass line and a little bit of screaming and distorted vocals. Um, The second track, uh, there's like kind of this, like it sounds like an out of tuned acoustic guitar with some drum machine going on and just some kind of odd vocals. I mean, I would say that if you're into stuff like, you know, early Beck, like um, mellow gold, Odelay era, you know, dust brothers type Mm. stuff. Beastie Boys. Um, this is kind of the record for you. Um, it, you know, it's not something that I listen to every day, kind of like Baron Zen, but, you know, once in a while when I'm just kind of in the mood for something that is just kind of a, I feel like a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think they ever put any other records out. Uh, if they did, I don't know about them. Mm. And uh, they just kind of came and went. I remember the track Pony Ride, was kind of a minor hit on MTV2 back in the day, hmm. and uh, other than that, though, I, um, you know, this entire this project is an entire mystery to me, mm-hmm. and that's maybe part of why I like it. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Eric? Uh,
1: yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I I honestly thought, and I hate to reference um, the same band twice in an episode, especially when I don't think we've ever referenced them before. But this was sort of like a combination of Atari Teenage Riot and Brand Van 3000 to me. Like, it really reminded me of Brand Van a lot. Um, But, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It's hip-hop-esque, but I don't think it's just straight hip-hop by any means. There's a lot of jangly guitars. There's a lot of pop stuff. Um, Also reminded me of Beck and... um, Lynn, but also like elements of gorillas, even soul coughing with some of the sample choices. Um, it's really good stuff. It's enjoyable, energetic. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, I don't have a ton to add to what you said. Um, it just is what it is. It's like um, indie um, collage hip hop. Uh, and it's great. Um, and yeah, Bambino uh, is an amazing track. It was one of the best tracks I've heard in a long time. So um, I really like that and I like the whole thing. So uh, yeah, sorry. I don't have a ton to add to that, but I, I really did enjoy it. So
0: No, yeah, yeah. And they're really, I mean, it's, there really isn't much to say about <clears throat> it. It's just such an amazing record. And I just think like, it's kind of a shame that they, you know, didn't release anything else Mm -hmm. or maybe it's not, maybe it's perfect that they didn't release anything else or maybe they did. And I just don't know about it (laughs) and I'm not supposed to know about it because the universe is saying, no, stay away from it. You never know. Maybe you never know with stuff like that. You know, Len, Len put out a couple of records after yo bum rush the show. Yeah.
1: Are they any good?
0: Uh, Nah, they seem a lot more basic than that record. You know what I mean? Like, I there there was one track that had like a really cool synth line, mm. but it sounded like they were kind of going back to a basic sort of song structure thing. Which they started out as an indie rock mm-hmm. band, like literally like a two piece guitar and drum right. band, and then they put out Yo Bummarsh the show for some reason. But it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It
0: and absolutely is. It, it's like it's the same thing with his Bumblebees, like. There's like sort of these just weird records that kind of just are one shot records. Almost. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, that, and that's what they're supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of this case. I think maybe if I've, I actually have never heard brand van 3000. Oh snap. Really? Um, so that's something I'm going to have to check, but
1: uh, yeah, you'll love it. I mean, yeah, I've,
0: yeah. I've been told they were on grand Royal, the beastie yeah, boys. Label, that's right. right? Okay. Yeah, I've I've been told that I would love Brand Van Three Thousand. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's a stone um,
1: cold classic in my life right there. Just,
0: I'll I'll have to check yeah. that out. I might look for it uh, right after we get done recording. Nice. So, um, all right. Uh, so that brings us to the local review. Yeah,
1: the local review, which we have advanced copies of. It's not out yes. yet. Yes, but. Hopefully sometime soon, it will be <laughs> so. Um, Absolutely. From the artwork that was given to me, I didn't see a title necessarily for this release. Did you notice a title, Dan, in what I sent you? No. Okay.
0: No, all, all I see is Death Kill right. Overdrive. Yep.
1: So the group is Death Kill Overdrive. They used to be the Starry Nights. Um, I don't know uh, why the name changed. I'm sure there's just some reason or maybe they just wanted a different name. I don't know. Um, but if we talk to any members of the group sometime in the future, maybe we'll ask. Um, so yeah, Deathkill Overdrive used to be the Starry Nights. Um, it has some really cool people in it. Um, I don't know Molly very well and I don't know Oliver all that well and I know Kane somewhat well and I know Jeff pretty darn well. Um, and so they're all great people um i would say that this record is very squarely in what i would call melodic punk um i don't necessarily want to say pop punk because i think that i don't think there's anything wrong with the term pop punk i just think it brings certain things to mind that i think this kind of transcends um because it has everything that makes fast melodic punk good it's super catchy it's super fun um the melodies are great the vocal harmonies are amazing um it's very goofy and funny but also dark and i think that's something that i personally love if you can pull off dark and humorous oh you got me and um it 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 seems that a lot of the tracks are possibly about cats um, I've heard you know numerous mentions of cats in there, um. But what really stands out in this is the playing. I think everyone did it, such a nice job. It's super tight. Um, like I said, Jeff is a, a good friend of mine. Um, he's easily the most inspirational person I know. Um, he's like a coach. I wish I could have him as my life coach. Um, he's just wonderful. Um, but his playing on here is the the best I've ever heard him recorded absolutely and I've I've had the pleasure of standing next to his drum set while he plays we were in, in the mouth of Radness together and it's a sight to behold to watch Jeff play the drums and this is the kind of the first time I've heard his drums sound like they capture the energy of what he plays like um but everyone else on this is great I think that uh, Kane does, um the majority of the vocals, I didn't verify that, but I, I think that's how it works. And everyone else is credited with vocals as well. So I think they add harmonies and extra parts and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just an all-around extraordinarily almost painfully fun record. like you can't you can't put this on and, and stay in a bad mood at all Um, I tried and it didn't work so um, anyway uh, yeah just overall super good it was recorded at um, Flat Black here in Iowa City area Um, the artwork is by Oliver's partner Juliet and it's amazing it's all the band members pets in a pickup truck flying through space and it's um, it only kind of exemplifies how fun and irreverent and just great. The record is, but yeah, above all, I want to say that it's just so catchy, amazing melodies, amazing riffs. And, um, I just overall had a super great time listening to it. So what'd you think, Dan?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I love this, this, um, I definitely see what you're saying about not being kind of hesitant about wanting to call it pop Mm -hmm. punk. Um, I think that's what it is, but I think it's good pop mm-hmm. punk. I think there's good pop punk and there's bad pop pop mm-hmm. punk. And that's, you know, that's, that's an opinion mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think this definitely falls under the realm of um, bands that do this style that, um, like you said, they, they touch on dark subject matter. And it it seems like kind of maybe autobiographical in, in some ways mm-hmm. Uh but um and I could be wrong about that. I, I don't really know, but you know, like I really like some of the lyrics, mm-hmm. like and like you said, um I think it's I think it is Kane that does most of the vocals, mm-hmm. but there's like that one track where um they're singing about um uh like a spaceship. Yeah. And there's like, you know, these it's it's just really fun mm-hmm. and it puts me in mind of, you know, Descendants yes maybe like screeching weasel Mm -hmm. but also it 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 gets me nostalgic listening to it in a way and i don't Mm want to make it sound like because i don't think they're a throwback band by any stretch of the imagination um but it it also really reminds me of the early green day records Mm. a lot especially like kerplunk Mm -hmm. and like 39 smooth Mm -hmm. the first two records um it's just really catchy. Like I love that first track. Yeah. Sex on the beach. That is like so good and so well written and just musically. And Kane is just such a great singer. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I know Kane, f- you know, fairly well. Mm-hmm. I've met them a couple of times. Um, and, uh, are, are and, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know Oliver or Molly at mm-hmm. all. And I know Jeff pretty well, you know, like not as good as you. I know you played in a band mm-hmm. with him and it's just absolutely incredible. Um, I Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It just it's uh, there's not much I can much more I can say about it other than exactly what you said. Uh, a fun, poppy, yet very, you know, kind of dark um, record mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I think that sometimes we just need to hear this kind of stuff for sure. You know? And, um, so yeah. And also I think that the cover of life is a highway. Is fantastic <laughs> yeah, I as well. I thought that was, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really, really funny and really fun and just adds to the, the funness yeah. of, the and it record. was really well um,
1: done too. I don't think they were very well done out of it at all. I think that they went for it and it's awesome. So,
0: absolutely yeah. um death kill overdrive good yeah. great job great job um yeah there's not much more i can say about it it like i said it put me in kind of that nostalgic mm-hmm. mood because it kind of just reminded me of some of the music i used to listen to yeah. but i think it's done really well and i've already listened to it probably at least 10 times nice. in my van nice so yeah. and i'm probably going to keep listening to it so yeah
1: it's super fun to have on so yeah Everyone should check it sure. out whenever they get the chance.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and if you um, if you want a copy of it, just wait. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it'll be worth it'll be worth the wait for sure. It'll be worth the wait yeah. for sure. Um, I think it's coming out fairly soon, though. I that, do think so. That's kind of the impression. Yeah. That's the impression I'm kind of getting because right. I've been seeing some updates on uh, yep. both Kane and Jeff's uh, Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagrams. Yeah, so. Yep. I'm excited. I actually uh, you know, I may end up even though uh, I've got the advanced copy, I may purchase like, you know, a physical copy if they ever pu- I don't know what they're planning on yeah, doing. I don't know Are either. They put it out on yeah. vinyl or cassette if they if they if there's a cassette of this, I'll I'll probably buy the cassette.
1: Oh, for sure. Me too. So,
0: it's absolutely fantastic yep, great so stuff. So, that uh, moves on to the next record we're going to review, which is um, a new record from this group called the uh Derek and Ian experience. Oh, Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, not Jesus. Uh, anyway. Oh yes. There is not another, another record
1: my... review, guys. Don't don't give up on us on us right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Don't don't uh un you know don't undownload yeah, right. things because of Dan's don't, bad don't humor.
1: upload it back. <laughs>
0: yeah upload it back. I wonder if you can do that.
1: I'm sure that somebody that's listened to us has tried. Yeah.
0: They're just like, I got to learn how to hack into this account somehow and just make it stop. Oh, Oh, geez. So what, uh, what's the takeaway from this episode, Eric?
1: Oh, geez. I don't know. I, I would honestly say that, um, my takeaway from this episode is that, um, sometimes I need to remember that music can be fun. Uh, and uh, doesn't always have to um, be so damn serious. That's what I would take away.
0: You you say that every episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. It's so true. Like, it's so easy to, like, get stuck into, like, serious music, and then you realize that, hey, actually, there is stuff out there that can make me feel good. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: Like Div Tech. We both
0: (laughs) dude. Yeah. Div tech. <laughs> I don't think
1: that's going to put you in a positive mood, but it's still very no, fun not really.
0: in its own way. It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I thought about while I was listening to it, if I could ever play in a band oh like gosh. that or a group or a project like yeah. that, man. And I tried being in like a really fast, hardcore band mm-hmm. for a minute. Like I, wow. It, it amazes me. Like, I applaud Closet Witch for being able to do it because it's so difficult for me to play that style. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, whether whether it's playing the guitar or screaming.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't do it. Every band I'm no. in, and uh, this is not an exaggeration, I seriously say, can it be a little slower and um, <laughs> maybe just a little more, like, ambient? <laughs> No matter yeah. what kind of music it is, I want it to be slower and twangier.
0: Well, no, I like I like the way you're doing the uh, fast uh, grindy parts. But yeah. could I do this spaghetti uh, western thing it's over not it?
1: That far from reality. I'm totally
0: serious. <laughs> uh, you mind if I make this? I I could totally yeah, see it. Yeah, when you well. if you
1: have me in your band, you're getting the one sound. <laughs> That's it. You're getting you're getting an ambient. You, you better spaghetti know spaghetti western what you're getting
0: into. <laughs> like converge asks you to be like the oh, replacement yeah. guitarist nope. or they something
1: just get twang that's all i got going <laughs> wow
0: yeah <laughs> oh geez um uh, yeah well that's for me you're probably just gonna get like garage punk hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whatever right? whatever my style is <laughs> um but uh Anyway, folks, you can still definitely follow us on the social medias. Uh, you know, we got Facebook. We got Instagram. Yeah.
1: I have um, at a, Dan. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say at Dan underscore the underscore ruler and at old man Erie. Uh, what was that? Well, that's
1: what I was going to say is that my name is now Erie underscore Eric underscore Whitaker. Oh, really? You changed it? Um, Well, I wanted things. I wanted my name to be a little bit easier to find um, because Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I guess, probably when this airs, I'll just do it. Then I have a a music video coming out, so yeah, watch my Insta for that. Um, I'll try to make it this Thursday, but I think it's a cool video. It was directed by um, Tyler and Jay from Mustard In Law. And it's um, pretty cool.
0: So cool. anyway, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Super excited. Do you also want
1: to tell the folks what's coming up on the next episode?
0: Um, The uh, John Burns uh, from Centaur Noir is going to be our guest. Yeah.
1: So we'll talk.
0: It's going to be awesome. Totally
1: tubular. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Totally awesome, yeah. man. It's going
1: to be sick and also gnarly. <laughs> so get ready.
0: Cowabunga,
1: dudes. Yeah. Tune into the next sick, nasty episode of Accelerative <laughs> Thrust.
0: Whoa, dude. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now we're just doing um, like
1: stoner surfer impressions. <laughs> God.
0: I think we should change our voices to this for the whole thing. I think podcast, we should end dude. the episode all right dudes carry right. on bros. Yeah, all right dudes all right you guys have a good night a good week or whatever it is when you're yeah. listening okay bye bye <laughs>